a special episode. This is the 10th episode of the West Next Podcast. Thank you all for tuning in for all 10 episodes, showing love and helping this West Next Podcast grow to where it is now and help it continue to grow even further. Much love to all of you. Thank you all for watching. As you know, my name is Chanel Wilkins, and I got my awesome co-host here. My name is Nick Provenzano, and I'm excited to dive into this episode with you guys. And as you know from the title, this episode is a special episode because we're not talking about the reviews of the NFL week this week. Uh, we're talking about the West Next podcast, NFL Top 10 QBs. So this is going to be fun. Me and Nick, especially Nick, has been wanting to do this episode for a while now. And now I think this is the right time to do it. And we're here going to do we're going to do this top 10 list. I know a few of y'all, when I t- kind of DM'd a few of you, a lot of the close, trusted West Next podcast fans about it, you all were interested. So we're going to do this thing, all right? But before we do, as you, need, as you know, I need to do my promotions. Make sure to follow the West Next podcast on Instagram. The Instagram is underscore West Next podcast underscore. Make sure to repost, DM, comment, like, share on stories, post that I do on Instagram, all that stuff. You can find these episodes, if you don't know already, you can find these episodes on Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, RSS.com. Those are the four platforms where you can watch the West Next Podcast. All you have to do is type in West Next Podcast. If you see the black background and the white clouds and with a West Next logo, you will see the West Next Podcast. And finally, if you don't know already, we are over 1,100 followers on Instagram. The goal for the end of the year is 1,300. So make sure you all share it with your friends. Make sure they follow and show support. Now, Let's get into this episode. Let's get into these quarterbacks because I'm not sure how – I know Nick spent a lot of time on it uh, really trying to decipher who are truly a top 10 quarterback because there have been a lot of talented quarterbacks, so it's hard to break it down to 10 guys. But I think we – I think I think mainly I did a good job of breaking down the true top 10 quarterback. Nick did a pretty good job. Before we go into who's on the top 10, we need to go to who's not on the top, top 10, a.k.a. honorable mention. So, Nick, who are some honorable mentions of yours that were close but just didn't make the cut? So I guess we would say close, but no cigar is the is the correct term on that. But just really quick before we dive into it. Yes, yes, yes. Viewers of the What's Next podcast. I've been wanting to do this topic for a while now. And Chanel is right. I've, I've spent a lot of free time researching, uh, making myself my own NFL top 10 quarterbacks of all time list. And, you know, in order to do it, you really kind of have to separate the top 10 from the rest of everybody else. And then you kind of have to look at the great quarterbacks who played in the league, and then you have to just decide for yourself, who is everyone else? So that is what I did first, and that's why I'm glad Chanel had me go the lead with this one, is that I'm going to be able to share with you guys the everyone else, which is the honorable mentions as he has alluded to. So to start off, because there are a lot of quarterbacks that a lot of, you know, a lot of our fans either respect, admire, look up to, and they are in their mind top 10. And I'm going to be real with you guys, top 10 quarterback in my eyes and in terms of my list, they've got to have, you know, something in, like for everyone. You know what I mean? Like they've got to be a winner. They have to have multiple playoff wins. Some Super Bowls would really help in 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 that. They've got to have some league honors. They've got to have the stats, yardage, completion percentage, touchdown to interception ratio. I think that also very, very, very strongly helps their case on my list. And they just got to have the culmination of of all of that and also legacy. Like, what have you done in the league that have have you have you made a stamp on the league? Have you revolutionized the league in some in some certain way? Um, all of that stuff kind of went into consideration when I made my made my list. So. 
without further ado, let's go on to the honorable mentions because I've been rambling for a little bit too long. But yeah, so in order to do honorable mentions, I had to be like, all right, who just certainly does not make, and I'm not going to lie to you guys, I had to do some burying, and I know I'm going to lose a lot of people with, with these takes, maybe, possibly. I know one quarterback for certain everybody's going to defend, and I, I don't see why, but I'm, I'm here to bury some three quarterbacks that I believe should not be anywhere near a top 10 quarterback list of all time. So let's start with Dan Fouts. So Dan Fouts was a Hall of Fame quarterback. And honestly, I don't even know why Dan Fouts is even in the Hall of Fame. The only logical reason in my mind is that he was one only he was one of only three quarterbacks to pass for more than 40,000 yards. He led the NFL in passing yardage four straight years from 1979 to 1982. And I think in, he became the first player in history to throw over 4,000 yards in three consecutive seasons. And that's about it. I don't exactly know why Dan Faust is even in the Hall of Fame because he didn't win. He wasn't a winner. In seven of his 15 seasons, Faust ended up throwing more touchdown, more interceptions than touchdowns. His career completion percentage was only at 58%, which is where the 80s. He was just not a good quarterback, and he didn't even change the game either. Like when you even even when you when you go to the old old uh, quarterbacks and everybody's like looking at old quarterbacks and they say like, hey, I want to be Dan Fouts. No one has ever said that. No new quarterback in this league has ever said that. The only reason why Dan Fouts is even mentioned is because just because he had to interview Justin Herbert because he's the new Chargers quarterback right now. No one ever knew about Dan Fouts even even back then about changing the game and no one really cared. Also, one thing about this list is that for Pro Bowls, I did not want to include them for guys like Dan Fouts who threw 24 touchdowns and 24 interceptions and somehow made a Pro Bowl. The only reason he made the Pro Bowl is because he threw for 4,000 yards and that's about it. How do you how do you I don't know how that stat even makes sense. So let's just move on. <sighs> Troy Aikman is, he's the most overrated quarterback I've ever laid my eyes on. He might be, no, actually second that. He's probably second most overrated quarterback of all time behind the guy we're going to get to in a sec. But in his career, Aikman only had a 94 and 71 record for one of the greatest Super Bowl teams of all time, the, 90, the, the 90s Dallas Cowboys. He threw for 165 touchdowns. And on and 141 interceptions, so that's that's not even good. He had a 61.5 completion percentage. He's a 54th all-time passer rating between, but behind guys like Jason Campbell and Neil O'Donnell. Uh, he's only you know regarded as a top quarterback in the league because he was the face of a team who had a top five running back of all time. He had a world-class offensive line. He had Charles Haley. He had Deion Sanders. He had, he even had a fullback. He had a winning head coach. And then he had obviously the cocaine cowboy, Michael Irvin. He had the most stacked teams of the nineties and he put up the most pedestrian numbers. And if you guys also don't want me to believe that pro bowls are overrated, Trey Eggman threw 12 touchdowns and 13 interceptions and made the pro bowl. Uh, pro bowls suck. They, 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 it's just like, if they like you, it's just the media likes you. You just got a pro. Bowl. That's the conclusion I've come to. And just, yeah, he was just like, he was nothing more than a game manager and the only reason that he even gets credit is because he won he was the face of those three Super Bowl wins and he played well in the playoffs but I'm looking at your totality of your career and Troy Aikman doesn't make it and the, and the last one I want to bury is Joe Namath because Joe Namath sucked he's absolutely horrible the only reason why Joe Namath is even talked about is that he passed for 4,000 yards in one season in the 70s and Joe Namath, in 11 of 13 seasons, threw more interceptions than touchdowns. His career completion percentage was 50%. He lost more times than he won. He only played in three playoff games in which his total 
playoff completions were 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 42.7 percent in the playoffs. The only reason why Joe Namath is so popular is because he acts like Ric Flair. He literally has a demeanor and a just a like oh I slept with all these women type of thing. And oh that 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 he he barely won the Super Bowl. He won the Super Bowl 19 to seven and he played horrible in that game too. He's Ric Flair of the NFL, except Ric Flair was actually good at his job and Joe Namath wasn't. So other than that, I'm just going to go through some people that for certain weren't going to make my list. Um, Bart Starr, he was a two-time Super Bowl champion, but his he never threw over 3,000 yards in his career or 20 touchdowns in his career, which is crazy. His total touchdown interception ratio was 152 to 138. He was he was a he was a game manager, nothing more, nothing less. Jim Kelly was a good quarterback, but he's not on my top 10 because Kelly was just like, I'm a first of all, I mean, come on, Chanel, can I, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you on this one, right? If you go to the Super Bowl four times and lose, right? Do you think that you have a deserving place to be in the Hall of Fame. Like, not in the Hall of Fame, but to be, be a, he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, but a deserving place on the top 10. I'll be honest. If you went I, for I, four straight times and lost. I considered him, but I didn't ultimately ever really think at the end of the day he was going to be in my top 10, but I did consider him. Um, yeah, and just, just I, he was a good quarterback in the 90s. Don't get me wrong, guys. But, like, in, in the in the postseason, he had 21 touchdowns and 28 interceptions. And in, in I have a quarterback in the 90s who – had similar touchdowns to him, 237 touchdowns Jim Kelly threw, but he had, I th- I believe, 60 or 70 less interceptions. I mean, Kelly was good, but he just wasn't like eye popping, you know? And I just couldn't, I just couldn't let that, couldn't let that happen. Anyway, uh, I got to keep on going with these lists. So I'm just going to keep going on who I believe did not make the cut. Roger Staubach did not make the cut. Uh, I know a lot of people are going to get mad about that. And I honestly consider Roger as a top 15 quarterback of all time. And his quarterback rating is, uh, quarterback, sorry, record was very good. He had a QB record of 85 and 29. And the last two seasons were definitely amazing. And he had an 83.4 passer rating, which was the highest of all time before he went to the Hall of Fame. He also played on a Dallas team. I thought he was better than Troy Aikman, but he also played on a Dallas team with Hall of Famers everywhere. Like, I mean, Hall of Famers stacked. Like, he had Rayfield Wright, um, Bob Lilly, Randy White, Mel Renfo, Cliff Harris, Tony Dorsett, like he, Drew Pearson. I mean, this dude had it all when it came to, um, when it came to um, just the talent around him. So, and also, Roger didn't really have a lot of great seasons other than a couple towards the end of his career. So Roger's stawback is not on my list. I do like Captain America, but he's just he just he didn't make the cut. Unitas is also a pretty surprising name that didn't make my list. I mean, listen, I'm sorry, old heads, and I'm sorry people who respect them, but Unitas just he didn't do enough to make the crack the top 10. I, honestly, I am going to consider him a top 15 QB, but he had pretty good numbers for the 50s and 60s quarterbacks. And you'd be right. There were good numbers. But he, but in the first four seasons of his career, he was amazing. But he finished his career with six throwing uh, in six of his seasons, throwing um, more interceptions and touchdowns in the last six of his six of his seasons. Finished with his career with 54% completion percentage, which is not good compared to how long he's played, which is almost like, I believe, like over 16 years in the league. And he only had 54% completion percentage. That's not very good. Even for a guy who played in the 50s and 60s. Um, for that long. Kurt Warner, I also considered Kurt uh, being on this list. He's definitely the best backup ever, 
Well, when you really look at Kurt's numbers, he had like a couple of handful of seasons, maybe like five were great seasons. And two of those seasons could be argued. But for the rest of his career, he's been really like average to like horrible in terms of his stats. And like I said, he's probably the best backup quarterback ever, but no, he just wasn't it. Brett Favre is a no. I'm sorry. I just, I can't put Brett Favre on this list. He leads the entire NFL record in terms of interceptions, which is 336. I, I I can't I can't excuse that. He's only won one Super Bowl. Now, was he game changing? Absolutely. Like he was the entire reason why the term gunslinger was or is a term that's being passed around by quarterbacks like Jameis Winston and and uh, and Josh Allen and maybe even Mahomes to some extent. Even though Mahomes is a hundred percent more accurate than Favre ever was, but like his play was also like to his detriment. Like Arv can like easily throw you into the game, but also throw you out of the game. Um, and I just never liked that about him. I didn't like a guy. I liked the guy who gave me the win. I didn't like a guy who who can give me a loss, which is what he did against the Saints in that NFC Championship game. Hence my hence uh, Kaysom. Also, he he also choked in in those on that loss to Denver in the Super Bowl. So I can't put really far in the top ten. He maybe barely gets in the top. John Elway is also in the top fifteen. He's not top ten. I'm sorry. I I I really want to apologize for John Elway uh, on there, but. Elway just isn't, he just doesn't have the stats, man. Like Elway was the first quarterback, I think, to reach uh, 300 touchdowns. But um, outside of his last six years in Denver, he put he put a very pedestrian numbers, especially for a quarterback who played in like the 80s and 90s. He was very pedestrian. Also, he had a pretty good defense. He had Ed McCaffrey, uh, Christian's dad. He had um, Mike Shanahan, Kyle's dad. He had Terrell Davis, the best postseason running back of all time. He had Shannon Sharp, Hall of Fame tight end, probably top five tight end of all time. He had Rod Smith. I mean, his like winning stats were hardly his own. And when he went to the Super Bowl without any of those talent, he ended up only putting 10, I believe, 10 points in his first two Super Bowl appearances, which was not good. So I couldn't put Elway here. He's probably the best Broncos quarterback of all time. But, uh, you know, I just couldn't put him on the top 10. Riv- Philip Rivers, no, I couldn't put Philip here. He's easily the, the worst of the 04 quarterbacks. He hung around. He hung around the league for 17 years, and he didn't really do a lot of um, noise in the playoffs. He had, I think, his record in the playoffs was five and seven. Uh, and he's had some really talented squads. And for by Hooker, by Crook, or by Dean Spanos, or whatever it may have you, Rivers just doesn't get into the top 10 because I mean, he first of all, he just didn't win, and second of all, he didn't win when it counted, and he just needed. And his his win loss record isn't that good either, but. You know, for a lot of reasons, and a lot of those reasons, and also how talented his squads were, he's not in. These last two, I think, are like probably 12 and 11. Fran Tarkenton is someone who I love watching film of. He was probably the original scrambling quarterback. Uh, and um, I got to be honest, he's probably one of the best quarterbacks I've ever watched film of. But, you know, Fran is number five in all-time interceptions. He was a great regular season quarterback, and he won some good playoff games. But ultimately, Fran Tarkenton, he just he just didn't win in the Super Bowl, and that's what really hammered them. Uh, he, Fran also played with a pretty dominant a defensive line, the uh, Minnesota uh, uh, people eaters. So uh, per- sorry, the purple people eaters in uh, Minnesota Vikings. But, you know, he just never got, he never had great numbers in the Super Bowl. And that's what, what had him out of the top 10. And the last one who in my honorable mentions list who didn't make it is Eli Man. And I know for all you New York fans, that's probably going to rile some of you up. And this is not to say that Eli is not a Hall of Fame quarterback, because I think he is, because you can't write the story of the NFL without Eli Manning. But if we're all being honest here, Eli is not top 
I mean, he's close, but he's not. Like I said, it hurts me. He's funny. He's incredible. He beat Tom Brady twice in the Super Bowl. He's something out of legend, but he's not top 10. His record is 117 to 117. He's completely 500. Um, I would like my quarterbacks to be a little bit more winning on this list. Eli also led the league in interceptions three times. During his 16-year career with the G-Men, he only made the postseason six, so not even half of the time he was in the league. He was really, really good, but he just... And he actually was better when his teams played worse, but he just ultimately fell in comparison to everybody else in this list. Um, so yeah, those are my honorable mentions. Chanel, do you want me to go through uh, your honorable mentions? Do you want to go through your honorable mentions or do you would like to go into, would you like me to go into my top? I'll quickly go into my honorable mentions. Uh, to hear the funny thing about this podcast real quick, usually, as I said, this is an unedited uh, West Next Force edition other than like audio and stuff like that. Oh, no, Normal podcast, this gets cut a little bit. Like Nick, Nick went on hold ten minutes. If you, if you know, if you want to know whether Nick took this seriously or not for you guys, Nick took this seriously for you guys, and that's a great indicator right there. Ten, ten full minutes on just honorable mentions. Shout out to, shout out to Nick, man. Nick did some extensive research. So I came, I came to play with this list, boys. He came to I came play. to play. Now, I did, I did extensive research, but for the purpose of saving some time. I'm going to quickly run through honorable mentions I have here. So one of my honorable mentions uh, that were close but didn't quite make it uh, is Otto Graham, Terry Bradshaw, John Elway, Kurt Warner, Philip Rivers, Donovan McNabb. I think the – now Nick how did, how did McNabb right? get even up there? Donovan McNabb was so good. Bad. People underrate how good Donovan McNabb truly was. I mean, he was a good quarterback, but I don't think that he was like – I think he was certainly top quarterback in the 2000s, but I wouldn't put him like – top 10 yeah and, he, and he's not top 10 but you got to give him credit where credit is due for 167 games that he played he was so damn close to having over 60 percent completion percentage a great re- consistently had a great record and consistently made the playoff that counts for something and was damn near mvp you could argue possibly he should have won mvp in the 2000s considering how the 2000s were like you got to remember the 2000 MVP for that season, goddamn, who was it? Yeah, it was Marshall Falk. Thank you, Mar- Marshall Falk. He was the he was the MV he was the MVP of that season. And you know, give it to give it to him. You know, he had elite numbers for a running back, but usually it's a quarterback league. I, I am biased uh, in thinking that quarterbacks usually should get the MVP because they have the most impact on the game, even over running backs because they are the ones that always had the ball and they're the ones that had to get the players uh, their touches. But he was damn near MVP back in the 2000s, consistently made the playoffs, had a great passer rating, very, very talented. I got to give you got to give him a lot of credit for that. So he was someone that was an honorable mention for me. But the main one that I know people um, I was like really, really considering not Donovan McNabb with Otto Graham, uh, Bradshaw and Elway and Rivers, honestly, because if you look at Rivers stats, Rivers stats are extremely impressive. And also how long he's been in the league. It's something I consider um, a great deal. Uh, how long you can stay in the league and stay um, good consistently. Phillip Rivers had stayed good longer than a lot of these damn quarterbacks. So I got to give him credit for that. But ultimately, I just couldn't put him in there. Because, uh, again, winning matters, and he just didn't win when it counted. And then Otto Graham, obviously a winner, but the stats don't back up his, you know, year. And also, I just think there is some better quarterbacks back in his day than Otto Graham. So, you know, that's that's my quick little breakdown of the honorable mentions. But let's get into the top 10 because we're about 25 minutes in. Nick, I want you to run through your top. I want you to run through one, uh, 10 through 7 and explain why you had them in that order. All right. Okay. So 
we're talking about uh, top 10 quarterbacks, 10 through 7. Am I right? Okay, so 10 through 7. Number 10 is Ben Roethlisberger. I think he is easily number 10. Uh, Big Ben, you know, a lot of people are going to really fight back about who makes the 10 cut. And, you know, a lot of people are really are looking at here like, wow, really? Big Ben? Really? Like Big Ben is, 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 the, is the guy who um, you really cho- choose as like your guy to be the cutoff. And I'm like, yes, because Big Ben, for a guy that everybody says was like, quote unquote, carried because the Steelers had like one of the greatest teams in the 2000s and 2010s. And you'd be right. Has he had two Hall of Fame coaches? Probably because Tomlin's probably going to get in and his former coach is already in the Hall of Fame. I mean, but when you really look at it, I mean, he's probably the best of the 04 quarterbacks. And Ben Roethlisberger was just like, he he just did his thing. Like he, when it was all said and done, he finished, he had an 18 year career in the NFL. He was an offensive rookie of the year. He led the NFL two times in passing yards leader. He had 64,000 passing yards of all time. He had 418 touchdowns to 211 interceptions. He had 64, 64.4% completion percentage. For a winning record, he had 165 to 81. He had a 13 to 10 playoff record with like I said, two Super Bowl victories. He had 41 comebacks, 53 game-winning drives, and man, he just he just produced at levels that like a lot of the other quarterbacks that you can say say can't haven't really done. Like think about the quarterbacks I've mentioned on this list, Chanel. Right? I was thinking about quarterbacks like Roger Staubach or Troy Aikman or like or maybe uh, we're gonna get to him later on this list, but other quarterbacks that have been carried on their team, right? But nobody really produced and gave numbers quite like Ben Roethlisberger. Like Ben Roethlisberger did what he had to do and gave like really good stats. So like man, like I mean, he threw for like 4,000 yards on most seasons. Like he had some unbelievable seasons in which he threw like three 32 touchdowns, only nine interceptions. Like during his 2020 run, he only, he threw 33 touchdowns, only 10, 32 to 11. Like he had some really good years, especially in years where they actually were making the playoffs and had good deep playoff runs. I mean, and just like, I, I don't know, man, like just about how he won and the fact that they even tried to Tomlin even tried to replace him and be like, oh, well, Ben's hurt or he, he doesn't have it anymore. And they tried to put in Mason Rudolph, Duck Hodges, Josh Dobbs. And guess what happened? None of them, none of them worked. Big Ben's old carcassy ass at fucking 39, 40 years old came in and had to save the the Steelers from doing even worse because no one was better in this in the Steelers uniform than Ben Roethlisberger. So Ben is easily top 10 for me. His stats and his records speak for himself. He's in terms of his legacy, he's obviously been the greatest Steelers quarterback in my mind to ever play for the Steel City. Yeah, I'm looking at you Terry. I don't think I, I think Ben is better than Terry Bradshaw and he played in a, I think he played in a more competitive era than than Terry. Um and just like man, like it just shows to show you also in the draft that you wait for your guys to be ready. You don't reach for the for people in the draft and you kind of wait and see how the quarterback position is going to unfold and maybe you might get the best one out of all of them. So that's why Ben is top 10 for me. Um, nine is auto. And I, I heard what you said earlier and I don't understand what, why you said in, in, cause you said this uh, earlier, Chanel, you said that, I don't know if there were, if there were better quarterbacks in Otto Graham. Yeah. Otto was the best in his era. Let me just get that straight. Sammy Baugh and Bobby Lane were the only competitions to him. And well, they were great quarterbacks as well. No one won like Otto Graham. And you might, you say like, Oh, his stats don't really back it up because when you look at Otto's stats, he had um, a 55.8% completion percentage for the 50s. That's pretty damn good. For the 40s and 50s, that's pretty damn good. He only had uh, 23,000 yards. 
Uh, that's like okay, but like I said, it's the 50s. He had 174 touchdowns to 135 interceptions in the 50s. I will keep saying to you guys in the 50s, because in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, you routinely had quarterbacks throw more interceptions, almost double the interceptions, than they would throw touch than they would throw touchdowns. And here he is having a very efficient numbers as a passer. And not only that, he was he had 44 rushing touchdowns on the ground in his entire NFL career for 10 seasons. Otto Graham was you know, people like to say that Fran was the original mobile quarterback, but Otto Graham was the prototype and he was the undisputable goat of the 19th. Otto holds the highest win percentage for a minimum of 50 starts in the NFL with 1.814. He had a career completion percentage of 55.8, like I said, great for the 50s. He's the he's in the NFL all 50s team. And I mean, dude, he just played in an era where like the refs just didn't give a shit. Like, I mean, like you played in an era where like, there was like almost no penalties. You'd get your teeth knocked in uh, and you'll like get, get like unnecessary roughness hit. And then you turn back to the ref and the ref would just shrug and be like, oh, that's you just got to play. It's football. And that's the type of era that the autogram played. And I've said uh, numerous times to you, Chanel, off camera, that you're only as good as your era. And autogram was certainly the best of his era. In terms of legacy, I think I put him a little bit above Ben because Otto's legacy is a little bit bigger because he was one of the only winning quarterbacks for the Cleveland Browns, probably the only one in recent memory. And it was just horrible because in recent memory, we we're talking about the fifties and the forties, but um, he led the Browns to 10 first place uh, titles in his division. And he led them to 10 championship games because they weren't Super Bowls at the time. They're just championship games. He won seven of them. He is the most winning quarterback in Browns history one of the best winning percentage quarterbacks of all time, probably second to Tom Brady. And he just deserves to be on the list and his legacy and his efficiency and how good he was for the 50s deserves to be on this list. And if you even look at guys, one more thing I'd like to add about Otto, look at guys in the 60s, 70s, or 80s, especially guys who heavily relied on their run game a lot. I know that that Otto played in an era where you just chucked it up, right? But the the fact that he did play in an era where the, the it was quote unquote chuck it up, and he had a far better interception to touchdown ratio compared to other guys is just mind baffling. The fact that he has better numbers than sometimes Unitas or or like Roger Staubach or like other guys who played after him, like it's just crazy. Like so, Otto is nine easily. And he deserves to be on the list. He just doesn't crack in past nine because he just he just he just can't like you know he just his stats were just lacking because he played the fifties and he wasn't gonna pass anybody up on this list. Number eight, and I'm almost done, Chanel. So I'll let you go on your little spiel because you told me to rank ten to seven. So let me just go. So eight is Steve Young. He's probably the best left-handed quarterback of all time. If Tua Tungo-Vailoa has anything to say about it to the end of his career, uh, he's the best dual-threat quarterback of all time. Yes. All of all time. Don't even get me started. Randall Cunningham, Mike Vick, and Cam Newton might have wowed you. I mean, Otto and Fran might have been the first dual threat quarterbacks, but no one did it better than Young. Don't, don't even at me. No one did it better. Young only played in 15 of his careers, and I think only seven of them he was a true starter in the league. But, man, for 15 years in his career, Steve Young led the NFL in passing touchdowns four times. He led the NFL in passer rating six times. He led the NFL in completion percentage five times. He was a two-time NFL MVP. He is a Super Bowl MVP. He had three uh, 3,100, sorry, 33,124 yards passing, 232 touchdowns, only 107 interceptions. 
He had a 96.8 passer rating, a 64.4 completion percentage. He had 43 rushing touchdowns with 4,239 rushing yards. He has the most rushing touchdowns in the postseason, which is eight. He threw for the most touchdowns in the Super Bowl game, which is six. And he has an impressive QB record of 94-49-0. Young was somebody in terms of his legacy that you you make sure you give guys who are talented a second chance that was his legacy i mean steve young went to my team the Tampa bay buccaneers at that point the expansion suckaneers and they drafted young out of the usfl and young was out, out outright horrible in tampa bay and i would say that i was mostly because the team around him was utter utter horse trash shit, whatever you want to call it. They were just bad. And if it wasn't for Bill Walsh, Young probably would have gone down with the sinking Tampa Bay Pirate ship. Young always did say that where you ended up matters. And Young was just like, when you give the guy a second chance, I mean, he's a two-time league MVP. I mean, Steve Young was absolutely amazingly accurate in his career. And he he might have had some comeuppance in the playoffs, and he couldn't really get some te- past teams like the Dallas Cowboys team and the Brett Favre-led uh, Packers team, and Joe Montana when he was with the Chiefs and the Eagles sometimes, and I get that. But ultimately, Steve Young had an impressive career in San Francisco. He's one of the most accurate dual-threat quarterbacks of all time, and he deserves to be eight, and he deserves to be in the top ten. I don't care what anybody says. And number seven is probably going to rile everybody up the most, and number seven is Joe Montana. And I know for a lot of the viewers who are Joe Montana fans, young or old, And I know that I'm not going to change your mind. Sometimes you guys will even think that Joe Montana is top five, top three, top two, or either, or probably if you even watched him play in the eighties, there's nothing that's going to convince me from saying that Joe Montana is like God, that he is like number one in your eyes. And I understand. And because that was the era you grew up with. And you probably think that Joe Montana was the greatest thing since sliced bread. But I'm here to tell you, he was that, that um, he was pretty good, but I can't, and he was he's certainly a top 10 quarterback of all time and i will give him his just due so let me go through that listen i mean joe montana had some pretty decent stats with the 49ers he was a four-time super bowl champion he's probably the most winningest quarterback in the postseason ever he had a postseason record of 16 and 7 uh he had a 62.7 percent completion percentage in the playoffs he had 45 touchdowns in the playoffs and 21 interceptions i mean i mean when you look at his regular season stats i mean he's he was also he also did it there too he had 273 yards i mean sorry 273 touchdowns so 139 interceptions he had an impressive win-loss record of 117 to 47. He had a 63.2% completion percentage. He had 4,000 yards passing. I mean, Joe Cool, and like I said, Joe Cool was a was was not one A was the greatest postseason quarterback of all time. I mean, dude, in one of the postseasons, I believe in the 1989 season, Joe Montana threw 11 touchdowns that postseason and won the Super Bowl and did not throw a single intercept. That's pretty damn good. Like Joe Montana deserves his props for those for, for being a part of those Super Bowl wins. But listen, Joe Montana fans, I see the stats. I see the stats. Winning, he was he was a league MVP. He was a three-time Super Bowl MVP, four-time Super Bowl champion, comeback player of the year, Burt Bell Award. I get it. I get it. Three-time All-Pro. I get it. All right. But I I just I can't put him in the top five. And I I can't even put him above six because of the person who I think is going to surprise a lot of people who I think already passed him. I just think that, well, first of all, let's get this out the way. Joe Montana played in the most stacked team of all time. There is no debate. There is no debate that the nine, that the, that the eighties San Francisco 49ers was the most stacked 
team of all. They have Hall of Famers. Yeah, I mean, first of all, he played with the greatest wide receiver of all time. I mean, so did Steve Young, but Montana played with him a lot more. Um, he just he had a pretty great offensive line. He had a great running back in Roger Craig. He had a he just had, he had he had Dwight. Oh my God, he had Dwight Clark. He had Jerry fucking Rice. He had like. All this enormous amount of talent. He had Bill Walsh as his head coach. He had one. Of, he had Ronnie Lott. He had Charles Haley. He had a. He had the most stacked team of all time. So let's not get it twisted. All right. Joe played. So his his winning percentage is not all on. Him, all right. If you look at Joe's stats, I mean, they're not really a whole lot to like. But like phone home about i mean joe didn't even pass for more than 30 touchdowns twice in his career he only did it once i mean albeit he played very well but he only did it once i mean the rest of his career was was i mean good numbers but like not as good as the other quarterbacks on my list i mean he had some seasons where he threw 15 touchdowns nine interceptions 19 touchdowns 12 interceptions seven touchdowns to 11 interceptions and you know like i those are decent numbers but like when i think about greatest of all time top five in that category category it just it's just not like up to snuff and also i like through those two ball wins his competition was not very like elite in 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 all those terms i mean hell i mean even when he went up against against those dolphins teams i mean like dolphins defense was absolute horrible and like when he played against the Bengals, i mean he took the Bengals to school don't get me wrong but i mean like the, the talent in the 80s is arguably one of the weakest talent pools in the entire nfl like in terms of decades so i mean and ultimately his stats just aren't as impressive including like touchdowns to interceptions like it's like it's pretty good don't get me wrong but it's not as impressive and i think that listen joe montana as great as he was and he's still a top 10 quarterback just time just passed him by and there were just times where he just ended up like he there's times there he where he just ended up like being enough to crack into the top five not even six so that's just my two cents about numbers 10 through 7 i went through a whole lot and i talked a whole deal chanel i know you've probably been biting at the bit to get in on this topic and share your top 10 i top 10 to 7 so please take it away all right so Actually, what I was doing during your, you know, ridiculous view about Joe Montana was I was really considering making a change in my list. Otto Graham was number 11 in my list. I was heavily debating for a while. This was the toughest decision I had to make on my list. It was between Brett Favre and Otto Graham. Who do I have at number 10? Nick almost changed my mind. Almost did. But we just have Different, we just have different things that are important to us. Something that's very important to me is longevity. Be it, I give Otto Graham a lot of credit because every year he played, he made the playoffs. Something very few quarterbacks can do. And I might be using his era against him a little bit here because, I mean, as a QB, let's just be honest, Otto Graham can hold a candle to Brett Favre. But I'm going to roll with Brett Favre here as the number 10. Despite his pers- his issues and, and what he's got only on him being in my opinion, a terrible person. We got we gotta admit this guy can ball. He is fourth all time in all time passing. Uh where is he in the he's like he's in the top five in like uh passing touchdowns and everything. And what I highlight here is the 
evolution of this time in the playoffs. He was he was in the playoffs doing his thing, being elite, being the elite guy that he is from 26 years old all the way to 40. Done it on multiple teams. And be it, yes, I the interceptions suck, but he was a guy who did everything he could to win. And I respect that. I respect the, I also respect the fact that he played well in the playoffs. 44 touchdowns to 30 interceptions. Obviously, the interceptions hurt, but did he but he won quite a bit of those playoff games. He only twice or sorry, three times in his whole playoff career, and he went to the playoffs over 10 plus times. He only got eliminated in the first round three times. That's something you gotta give him a lot of credit. Also, got you got to look at his prime which was 1995 to 1997 where he won three straight mvps three straight he three mvps in his career in the 90s which was a tough era to play quarterback but he was but amongst those two seasons the very best forget the interceptions just remember the touchdowns remember the completion percentage because each of those times he had over 59 percent completion percentage he do- he was dominant during that time and really performed and then finally i got this just i know i know nick is caught up on the interceptions but this is important to me and it's the fact that he really did change the game Otto Graham, much respect to him. He changed his game, and he changed the game in his own way to a degree. But no one, but he didn't change it like Brett Favre did. People wanted to play like Brett Favre. Brett Favre is that guy. He he revolutionized the game. He made it okay to throw. He made it okay to start throwing the deep ball. That's my guy. Um, quarterback wise, not him personally, but Brett Favre is top is top ten to me. And Nick, I can see Nick got so mad he almost shut his camera off on me there. Now. Number five, number nine, for many of the reasons Nick explained, Ben Roethlisberger is number nine. Uh, I don't really feel like I need to explain it because Nick did it so well. So we're just going to go back past that because Ben Roethlisberger is top ten. Number eight for me is Johnny Unitas. And I know what you're thinking. How could you have Johnny Unitas and not Autogram? I thought about that for a little bit. But I also thought at the end of the day, really thinking about everything, Johnny Unitas was better. Yes, he only he he went to the Super Bowl one time. I know. And one he went to the Super Bowl and won one time. He also had three three NFL championships to be fair. But you're talking about a man who through the fifties and the sixties dominated, had a lot better stats than um Otto Graham. And listen, I understand the forties was a different time and everything, but the we're talking about stats for the era that you played. Johnny United's stats for his era was crazy impressive. Constantly in MVP talks, consistently amongst the best in the league, uh, in a much more competitive era of football. He was great when he was young. He was great longer than Johnny Unitas. Um, I you just gotta give him credit. You just gotta give him credit. Didn't play for the same team his whole career. Now he doesn't have the same playoff regiment that Otto Graham has, but I gotta give him credit for consistently being great um in a tough era. And that's why I'm giving number eight to Johnny Unitas. I think he was good for a long time, and I gotta give credit where credit is due on that. Boom. So that was my top seven. I mean that was sorry, that was You didn't even get to seven. Did I not get to seven? You, oh, did, you, did, you did ten to eight. My bad. Seven is seven is Steve Young. Steve Young is freaking awesome. Uh, I almost thought about ranking him higher than seven. I almost thought about it, but when I consider my six through three, or sorry, six through four, it's kind of like Steve Young is great, but you know he can stay at seven. Guy the baller. Nick already told you how much of a baller he is. So Steve Young, number seven. Now Nick, let's go through four. I mean six through four. Who are your six through four quarterbacks? All right. So number six is really going to surprise probably a lot of you and you guys are probably going to be like oh i i, I, I could already tell this I, I could already see some people might be like well, 
I don't know. Maybe he deserves to actually be on the list already. Some people think, no, it's way too fucking soon to put him on the list. But I'm going to roll with my gut. And I'm going to roll with who I think is the best quarterbacks of all time. Even now, even a guy who got his start in the 2017 NFL draft. And I'm going to say that Patrick Mahomes is already a top 10 quarterback. And not only is he a top 10 quarterback, he's already passed Joe Montana. I mean, I am absolutely sorry to, like I said, I will keep saying I'm sorry to Montana lovers. I really am. But like, listen, Mahomes is just like, all right, yeah, yeah. People are saying, yeah, I'm I'm crazy, right? No, I don't I don't think I am. I don't think I am. And here's the reason why. Look at Mahomes' stats as of right now, right? You go and you look at Patrick Mahomes' stats right now. He has a career record as a QB at 58 and 15. He has a career completion percentage of 66 through, I think this is his sixth year in the league. So in terms of six years, he has 66% completion percentage. He has already 22,000 yards uh, and... Uh, he's about to hit another 4,000-yard season. He has 179 touchdowns of 44 interceptions, which is, I believe, second-highest touchdown-interception ratio compared to Aaron Rodgers. And, I mean... And we didn't even we didn't even include his rushing touchdowns. We didn't even include right right now he has he has about nine rushing touchdowns right now. So that only adds to how well he's able to score. And I mean, guys, if you really think about it, right? Give uh, Mahomes like what? Give him like three maybe like four seasons, he probably will pass Montana in terms of passing touchdowns. That's just, that's just a fact. He's going to, he's going to pass him in terms of passing touchdowns there. You give him maybe at least uh, give, give him at least four to five years. He's going to pass Montana in terms of yardage. And I just want to point this out. And like I said, Montana's wins have been a lot of team success. I mean, and I hate to go back to Montana, but it, it proves to me, why he's he's still a top ten quarterback, but he's overrated in my mind. He just he just is. Like I understand he played in different eras, but it's just sometimes you just gotta look at it and say like, bam, like Montana shouldn't have been like MVP in certain years. There was one time where I th- I believe he won the MVP in 1990, and I compared his stats to to uh, Randall Cunningham, who was a very good quarterback, not not a top quarterback of all time, but a very good quarterback. And Randall's stats were just ultimately better than Montana's that year. Montana ended up winning MVP because his team won. His team won the Super Bowl and his team was in the playoffs. And that's the reason, and the Eagles weren't. And that's the reason why Montana won MVPs a lot more, more than more than other quarterbacks and more than other, other you know teams and everything and other players. And that's just the way that the NFL was in the 80s and the 90s. It wasn't individual based. It was team based. It was team records that got you the MVP, but not with Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes' stats stand on its own, on its own merit. Mahomes is, well, I mean, dude, he's almost at 200 yards in his entire career. He's heading towards the postseason. He's going to, I believe, every single time that he started in the league, the uh, Chiefs have had the first, I, either, either the first or second seed, and have always won the AFC West because Mahomes is that is that good. Um, Like I said, he is superior on arm talent. His start to the league was absolutely insane his first three starts saw him appear in the afc championship three times in his first three starts and he's oh my god guys like he, he's 
he's on pace to go into a deep playoff run again. I mean, like, and he doesn't even have a good defense in my opinion. He has a sub, he has a subpar defense because his offense is so good. And Steve Spagnola, and I hate how people saying that Steve Spagnola is a good defensive coach. No, he isn't. He's only good because Mahomes scores like 21 points and they're up by halftime. And then Steve can get creative with his defense because he doesn't have to have pressure. That's the entire reason why Steve Spagnola is good on defense is because of Patrick Mahomes and how good he is offensive. Look at Tyreek Hill. Tyreek is balling out in, in Miami right now, but even without him, Mahomes is still balling and is still leading his team to another AFC West divisional title. It's absolutely insane. It doesn't matter. He, in my opinion, like he's probably going to be much higher on this list in uh, at least five years. I, I would say that in at least five years, he's probably going to move up a couple spots. Mahomes is obviously very promising, and I think already he's better than Joe Montana, in my opinion. He's just a better quarterback, good interception, touchdown ratio, great completion percentage, Super Bowl winner, AFC championship winner. He's just done it all at such a young age, and he's not even, he's still in his prime. He's not even past 30 yet. He's going to dominate almost anybody of the stats in any of the eras he's played before him. But as of right now, I have to rank him at six because I have to give respect to everybody else in my top. My top five, I'll give you I'll give you five, four, and three. Number five is Dan Marino. Number four is Drew Brees. And number three is Aaron Rodgers. Dan Marino, I mean, what could you what what do you want me to say about Dan Marino, guys? I mean, like, dude, Dan Marino, if, if you had a quarterback like who wanted, if you wanted to make a film of a quarterback and you needed a guy to play quarterback and also do good at quarterback, it'd be Dan Marino. I mean, look, Dan Marino is big, big arms, like like what's it called? Like big like chest. He's six four. He's got a great smile, great hair. He can literally sling the ball everywhere on the field. He can make every single throw in the pocket. He is the he's like he's like the like bachelor quarterback that you would want to be the face of your franchise. I mean, he's like Marino was made in the lab. But forget about how good the man looks and how great that he looked playing quarterback position. I mean, he also did win a lot, especially with a team that didn't have a great defense at all. I mean, I mean, when you look at Marino's stats, I mean, he had 147 wins in the NFL. He had a 33 comebacks and 47 game-winning drives. For the 80s, Marino in his second year had 5,000 yards in 1984. He threw 48 touchdowns that year and 17 interceptions. I mean, dude, I mean, let's count. I have pro football reference up right now. Let's count how many times that that Dan Marino threw over 4,000 yards. One, two, three, four. He was close that year. Five, six. He threw six 4,000 over 4,000 yard seasons in the league at the, at the time. Like that is unheard of. Mon- while, while Joe Montana couldn't even sniff past 30 touchdowns w- more than once in his career. I mean, and also, like I said, that that uh, Dolphins team defensively was not very good. And it's why Mon- uh, why uh, Marino never won a ring ultimately as this time as the Dolphins. I mean, and dude, look at his overall stats. Monta- uh, like Montana couldn't even compare in terms of touchdowns. Marino threw... 420 touchdowns, 252 interceptions. That's amazing. Marino was the was the prototype for the pocket quarterback. It's a type of legacy that he left in the league. He also he also had damn near almost 60% completion percentage, which is pretty damn good for someone who played in an era which he had to air the ball out almost every single time. I don't think he's ever really had a 1,000-yard rusher either in his career. And he still was putting up numbers far better than anybody else. And I mean, just, yeah, I mean, he's he's one of the greatest quarterbacks to ever play the game. I mean, his stats were far better than anybody who ever played in the 80s and into the 90s. I mean, like, 
Dan Marino was just the man. He was he was just the man. And all I got to say is this. You look at how good Marino's stats in comparison to Mo- to Montana's and like in his stats. And you tell me, you tell me, who would win more Super Bowls if the roles were over? Who would win more Super Bowls if Marino was in a Niners jersey? And if Montana was an adult, looking at, if you look at pure numbers, you look at how much yardage she has, 61,000 compared to, compared to Montana's numbers, 40,000. You look at touchdowns, you look at, you look at, you look at all of the ways to play quarterback, completion percentage, everything. I think Marino was a far better pure passing quarterback than Joe Montana. He's got more accomplishments than Patrick Mahomes, which is why I had to put Marino above both of them. The only reason why Marino is not higher is because of the lack of hardware. And it's just it's just the reality of it. I mean, he just I I would at least like my quarterbacks to have a have wins and win the big one. And I know that he didn't because of the lack of talent on his team, but it does hurt him if I'm not if I'm gonna be honest in my my list that he doesn't he doesn't have that it really does hurt so that's why he is five and not higher into into four four is drew Brees. i mean drew Brees is i mean he's probably the most accurate quarterback of all time his career completion percentage was 67.7 percent completion percentage i believe he threw i think it was 71.6 percent completion percentage in the season which is the highest uh, ever uh drew Brees had a total qb record of 172 to 114 he had 571 touchdowns the to 243 interceptions i mean i mean what's not to like <clears throat> what's not to like about about drew Brees? i mean he's just uh he's a great quarterback he played a long time in the league he's second all time in, in in uh passing yards i mean the dude was you don't want to talk about prototype pro- prototypes of quarterback i mean drew Brees is also up there in terms of like in terms of how well he sits in the pocket for a guy who's only six foot to play in the in the in the league for about 20 years and just honestly just dominated in statistics everywhere i mean I mean, what else could you say? I mean, I can I can still go on. Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion, All Pro, Comeback Player of the Year, Burt Bell Award winner, also a great guy, 2006 Walter Payton Award. I mean, he's just a he's just an amazing player, and um, he's only not three for one reason and one reason only, and that is because. He just didn't, when he started his career in San Diego, and he had a very talented squad in San Diego, he just wasn't as accurate, and not as accurate, but he just was, he just didn't put up the numbers that you would expect for a guy who has a higher ceiling, and who had a decently talented team, like having a great running back like like um like Damian Tomlinson but you know ultimately like those squads in San Diego just he just couldn't get it done in the playoffs and San Diego decided to move on from him and that is when they eventually drafted you know Philip Rivers to replace him uh you know in 2004 and then when he got shipped off to New Orleans he met up with Sean Payton obviously one of the greatest professional head coaches ever and Sean Payton and him went on a complete tear in the league and were a force in the NFC South, a force in the NFC, and a force in the playoffs for a long time to come. And I just, the only reason why I don't have Breeze at at um three is because that Breeze just ultimately didn't get it done like in two different systems with the same amount of success. Like, yeah, he was two different teams, but like it was two different head coaches and two different philosophies. And his situation wasn't like young level of bad in Tampa Bay to San Francisco. Like it was San Diego. It wasn't that horrible, but he just couldn't get it done more times than not when he made the postseason in San Diego for those five years. And that's why ultimately, um, that's why I just don't have him. I mean, he only made the playoffs once 
in San Diego and, you know, it just ultimately hurt him. And his numbers in San Diego weren't that good and compared to the rest of his career in New Orleans. So I just can't have him ranked higher than four just because the guy above him has had it done in a lot of different ways. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is number three. Aaron Rodgers, I mean, we can run out the stats as we could. Super Bowl MVP, Super Bowl champion, just like Drew Brees. He's in the Hall of Fame uh, for the 2010 squad. Uh, for the He's in the All-2010 squad for the um, NFL all-time list. I mean, he's also a Burt Bell Award winner. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, I know right now it's looking pretty rough in terms of his career right now. Uh, having a losing record right now at four and seven, but we're talking about totality of his career. Rodgers might not have the yardage and the completion percentage stats to back up that is better than Drew Brees, but goddamn, is Aaron Rodgers pretty close in that? I mean, there is one thing that Rodgers has him be easily, and that and that Drew Brees doesn't, is that Rodgers has had 468 touchdowns to 100 interceptions, which is pretty damn good if you ask me. That's a 46 point, oh, sorry, that's a 4.68 completion a touchdown interception ratio over Drew Brees. Um, that's just like how I see it. Um, I just think that Rodgers was ultimately a far more accurate passer in terms of not turning the ball over as much. And even through his earlier days in his career, I mean, he just did exactly that. In terms of 4,000 yards, 5,000 yard seasons, both Drew and Rodgers both have that as well. And, you know, I just ultimately think that Rodgers just has a better career in terms of just like, in, in terms of success in multiple systems. I mean, Matt LaFleur to Mike McCarthy. I mean, you've seen Rodgers also, similar similarly to Tom Brady, have a cast of receivers, a cast of running backs who you know, are, mo are more likely, like, not really heard of. But once Rodgers delivers them the ball, they become, like, brand name guys. No one knew who Jeff Janis was until he caught a Hail Mary pass from Tom for from uh from Aaron Rodgers. No one knew who 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 um Robert Tanyan was until until Rodgers started using the tight end position more. I mean, he elevated people all over his career. I mean, he elevated the career of Donald Driver when he was already about to retire. He certainly did it with Jordy Nelson. I mean, he he made Randall Cobb one of the greatest slot receivers in the entire league, and that was Aaron Rodgers doing that. I mean, who else did he did he do it to? I mean, right now, look at his his squad right now. Alan Lazard. Like, I mean, like guys that you wouldn't that you wouldn't think could be a number one receiver. Once Rodgers delivers them the ball, they become immediately number one receivers, and they become like teams guys that are crucial to the squad. And it's because of Aaron Rodgers' accuracy and his ability to elevate people who aren't on the same level around him is why I put him at three. I'm not going to debate with you a whole lot about who is three and four. I think it's very interchangeable. I think that Rodgers and Breeze are certainly three and four. But, I mean, it's undisputed who is top one and two. But I'm just going to – I've talked a lot about, about six – five, three, four, and three, but I'm just going to turn over to Chanel so he can announce his because I've talked for a while. Yeah, man, that's just what you do. It's all good, bro. So for me, my top, what, where am I at? Top six through three? Yeah. So obviously, so I think you're crazy with the Patrick Mahomes thing. Obviously, I think most of us agree that you're pushing it a little bit with the Patrick, Patrick Mahomes thing. And the man has been in the league five seasons. Let's calm down. Let's stop putting it. You're talking about you don't want to disrespect him and put him above Put him in the top five yet. You're disrespecting Steve Young. You're disrespecting Big Ben. You're disrespecting all of them by putting Mahomes um, above them for their whole career already. So I would say pump the brakes, kid, on that one. As much as I'm a fan of Patrick Mahomes. Now, for me, my top six, I have Dan Marino at, I have Dan Marino at six. Uh, super impressive quarterback. Obviously, he's the Dolphin. I'm a, I'm a little biased towards him, but I also got to be fair. Dan Marino, as great as he is, 
and I and I care about hardware, man. He did not have the same hardware that Steve, that uh well not that Steve Young had either, but he did not he doesn't have the same hardware Joe Montana has. Joe Montana's a three time Super Bowl champion. You can say what you want about the team, but ultimately the one that had the ball in the hand every single play is the quarterback. So the quarterback has a lot to do with the reason their team is great. So I give credit to Joe where Joe's due. You're a four time Super Bowl champ three-time Super Bowl MVP, two things, or actually three things that uh, Joe, that Dan Marino doesn't have, unfortunately, as great as Dan Marino is. So Dan, Dan Marino, obviously, I, I could talk all day about how great his stats are. Nick already talked about it briefly, but you're at almost 430 touchdowns, a career 59% completion percentage, a career record of 47 and 93 with honestly not the best squad. Um, I'm also going to contribute the fact that a lot of his success was early and he wasn't as he wasn't great for a while his problem was when he was young and then after that he was never bad but he slipped off right he slipped he slipped off towards the end he had i mean he had i mean dirt between his uh 94 and 95 season, he did a good job but he was nowhere near the dan marino uh of great so i gotta roll with joe montana have a dan marino dan marino sick my number five is aaron Rodgers, and i know what you're i know nick is Nick looking at me crazy? Yes, Nick is looking at me a little bit crazy. I can see it in his eyes a little bit. But let me remind you about Aaron Rodgers only being a one-time Super Bowl champion. And I know you're like, only one time, at least he won a Super Bowl. But when you are supposedly the most talented quarterback in NFL history, which I believe he is, and, maybe, and you're right, maybe I'm being a little too hard on him, but you're talking about a, the greatest passing QB of all time, just an overall most talented and you only have one Super Bowl, and you had good offenses. You've always had a good line. Drew Brees hasn't always had a good O-line. Aaron Rodgers has had, Aaron Rodgers always had a good O-line, good offense. Now, his defense hasn't been the best, but I believe when you're when you're great, you can overcome poor defenses. Tom Brady has done it. You know, obviously he's not Tom Brady, but uh, Dan Marino has done it. I don't see why Aaron Rodgers can't do it. Um, also, you know, it isn't isn't the same. He he just isn't the same winner. He had his he had his moment in the sun. Obviously, he's he's fantastic. Uh, four time MVP, one two as early as recently as 2020 and 2021. Uh, but his 2022 season is miserable, and this is gonna hurt him because I think this is going to continue. Also, wasn't a star quarterback for a long time. It took him all the way until 2009 to finally be a starting quarterback in the league. And he now be he was 26 year old years old, but Drew Brees. It didn't take Drew Brees as long to be a starting quarterback. So you got to give credit where credit is due on that end. And then Aaron Rodgers, he's the man. He's the baller in the playoffs. He really, really is. I give him a lot of credit. But at the end of the day, he just was never quite the winner he should have been. And uh, I, I'm the more I'm looking, sounding, the more I sound like I'm hating on him a little bit. I might push him to four, um, actually, right now. Yeah, you know what? Yeah, Cha- breaking news. I'm going to change Aaron Rodgers to four. Joe Montana is my five. Aaron Rodgers is my four. Uh, I know Nick. Yes, you can. I when is when is your podcast? You can change the rules. I change the rules. Aaron Rodgers is number four. The more I'm, maybe I'm hanging on him a little too much because I'm not a big fan of his leadership. I'm not a big fan of how he conducts himself. Sometimes they think he's kind of smug, but I can't deny Aaron Rodgers' statistical greatness and how good he usually is in the playoffs. So. I got roll with Aaron Rodgers, number four, Joe Montana. The he the he is the best QB in the '90s, uh, which was probably the second most competitive era of football in terms of quarterbacks there are. You know, like you in the '90s, man. Yeah, John Elway, that man with a dangerous Phil Sims. Uh, who else? Jim Kelly, man. You had a tough Troy Aikman, Steve Young. Like you have a tough list of QBs. Brett Favre. 
Joe Montana for the longest was the best and the most successful out of all of them. So I got to give credit for Joe Montana being number five. Aaron Rodgers, number four. Drew Brees, number three. Longevity means a lot. And also, Drew Brees had the better statistics in terms of passing yards, touchdowns, and just being clutch when he needed to be. I think Drew Brees is the more clutch quarterback. I think he plays better when it matters most. I'm going to roll with Drew Brees, number three. Aaron Rodgers, number four. Joe Montana, number five. Dan Marino, number six. Hold on. Can you, can you repeat that one more time uh, for, for six to five? I mean, six to three. One more time. Yep. My six is Dan Marino. Number five is Joe Montana. Number four is Aaron Rodgers. Number three is Drew Brees. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. Listen, I don't have a problem. And you might call me crazy on Patrick Mahomes. And I understand, I understand if you do. But I just think that people are just overrating Joe Montana a little bit. And I and listen, I understand that. Listen, Joe Montana was the most all, successful quarterback in one of the toughest eras to be a QB. The 90s? The 90s. He was a, when Brett Favre. Montana, who are you talking about? Dude, Young Kelly, took over like, his job in 91. Huh? Young took over Montana's job in 91. And he was still and he was still great. And he was still great even in the 90s. Like I mean, he he was still okay with the Chiefs. The Chiefs didn't really win that much with, with, with Montana. I mean, he led them to the playoffs. That's pretty good. But listen, I mean. But the fact that you have started and had possibly had the great, you were the quarterback of possibly one of the, probably the greatest team ever in the San Francisco 49ers back in the late 80s. That's a lot of, that is a big time stamp of approval to be a top five quarterback of all time. I know you say, oh, look at the players he had around him. But when you're the quarterback, you have everything to do with why the team is great. Because you know why? You are, like I say repeatedly, and I'm going to say it again. Every single snap, who had the ball? Every single snap is the quarterback. Okay. Okay. That's true. All right. I'm not going to deny that the quarterback does, does do everything right from the snap. Okay. But you want to go through court, like his statistics versus, versus like, like, cause I'm so shocked that as a, as a Dolphins fan, you are really rating Marino. I mean, you've got some balls for that, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I can't believe I'm going to have to be the one to defend your boy here. It's crazy. Are you like, saying hardware doesn't matter? Are you saying like, no, it, saying does, it does? But like, but what I'm saying is that like, did you get your hardware all by yourself, or did you, or or or, or did you like that? That that's like okay. I'm not saying that that Joe Montana was like the kid in the group project that was like, hey, yeah, I showed up a couple times and my teammates did all the work because he didn't. He 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 was a guy who was crucial for their runs. And don't get me wrong, I brought the stat the fact that. Through one season, I think in 89, he had 11 touchdowns and zero interceptions in the entire playoffs. That's amazing, right? Yeah. What I'm trying to say is that he was the guy who did just in just the same amount of work as everyone else, if not just a little bit more. That's all I'm going to say. Because, dude, you look at him as a quarterback, which is what I, I want to also look at in, in my list, is, like, who plays quarterback better, right? Mm-hmm. What's Marino's, like, touchdowns, right? 420? Yeah. You know what that one number means. Before 20 to Joe Montana's 273. So he almost has 200 more touchdowns in Montana. I mean, and, 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 then, and then look, at his passing yards, I mean, Montana has four. Has, has, what happened? He also played fifty plus more games. I mean, that's well. I mean, that's true. But I mean, like that. That's true. But like, what? I mean, what? I mean, he had like a fifteen-year career in the NFL, Joe Montana. I mean, Dan Marino also had a lot more games. But he did. Joe Montana ever have a four-thousand-yard season? I don't think he ever did. 
He came close, but I don't think he ever did. He had some good 3,000-yard seasons, which is really good. But when you compare his passing stats to, to, to Marino, he's obviously the way better quarterback, and he suffered from a bad team. That's just my two cents on it. I mean, I mean, even if you look at if if you if you look at Montana's stats, right? Montana had yeah. 28 game-winning drives and 26 comebacks. Marino had 33 comebacks and 47 game-winning drives. And you want to know why that Montana's stats for comebacks and game-winning drives aren't that much? Is because he always had a lead. He always had a lead. You play with the best quarterback, with the, with the best system of all time, with the best players of all time, with the best team in that decade you're always going to have a lead. With the best coach in the decade, you're always going to have a lead. You're always going to be leading team. <laughs> like, I, I, I mean, the only time where he didn't and he had, he had to come up clutch was, was, was Dallas and, and Cincy. And those are really the only thing. I mean, those plays live in memory. Don't get me wrong. But the reason why he, he didn't have to do much is because he was on the most stacked team of all. And for these, Chanel, come on. You really telling me you're looking at these numbers as passing, passing stats, and you're not telling me that that he wasn't like mediocre at best with all the talent around him. Dude, look at look at his numbers in Kansas City. Even in Kansas, he had two years in Kansas City. And he threw he threw 29 touchdowns and 16 interceptions in Kansas City. He had two years and he didn't even get to 30. <laughs> like also a Pro Bowl in that 1993 season. I don't care about Pro Bowls. Pro Bowls suck. Dude, mm. dude, did they not hear me about, about my, my 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 little rant about Pro Bowls? I heard you. I heard Dude, you. Pro Bowls don't even matter. Pro Bowls are like, oh, the media likes you. Here, here's a Pro Bowl. That's what Pro Bowls are. Like, I mean, dude, like NFL teams don't even get to pick who's in the Pro Bowl. It's other people who tell them who's going to be in the Pro Bowl. Like, mm. dude, people fell in love with Montana. That's why he was in the Pro Bowl. Like, fell in love with, oh, Joe Cool. Oh, my God. He's amazing. Look at that blonde, luscious hair coming out of it. Like, yeah. it's also the look, too. I mean, like, I don't know. I don't let, know. Me ask you, let me ask you this, Nick. I want, as far as the yards go, Dan Marino was asked to throw a lot more than Joe Montana. So that's, that takes care of the yards argument. Well, yeah, be, also because Dan Marino never, I think he only had once in his entire career a 1,000-yard rusher. <laughs> like, right. And then also, is QBR important to you, quarterback rating? I, I would believe so. All right. Who have, who have, consistently the better QBR rating amongst those two quarterbacks well I'm quarterback rating I mean yes Joe had a better quarterback rating but I mean like I mean ultimately I mean ultimately like I said Marino had to deal with a lot a lot less and had to eat a lot of like interceptions compared to his touchdowns he he had he had very like less stacked teams i mean it's just it's just a fact it's just a fact like i mean like i don't understand how people are like dying on the hill of joe montana like and also i know that he that he was that he was i'll, I'll end it with this i'll end it with this about joe he was a, he's deserving to be the top 10 but i will not i will not understand why people have him at three or two maybe even one i will never understand one because for some reason people think that being second and, and losing the super bowl is not as good as not making the playoffs at all. And like for and for a lot of Joe's Joe's time, he sometimes didn't even get into the playoffs as far. And like for some reason people rate him over Brady and that and I'm like, "No, that's just stupid." But I mean like Joe Montana is a a good quarterback, pretty much a great postseason quarterback. He deserves to be on the list, don't get me wrong. But in terms of overall just being a better quarterback like player, like high percentage, high efficiency, I think that Marino outclasses him. And I'm I'm really trying to understand how the Dolphins fan is really giving the guy who had who had the most stacked team of all time of our group. Five. Of course you can get the award. 
Marino was the guy who carried the team project. Marino was the guy who carried the team project, and then he and he didn't even ask for. He didn't even. He did all but the extra credit. Wasn't that good. He did. He did all the extra. No, he. Yeah, yeah, he was. Their he did all the extra credit. Marino did all the extra credit. He did all of the homework assignments. He showed up for attendance every day in class, and the but rest of his class the, by default was bad. But who got the A plus at the end of the day? Joe Montana. The guy with the better team. But you are the captain of that team. You deserve credit. Again, no disrespect to Dan Marino. Dan Marino is a dog. But at the end of the day, well, actually, this is a better comparison. Dan Marino, you're talking about Dan Marino and talent, and like he's more talented. He's a better quarterback. Aaron Rodgers is a better quarterback than Tom Brady talent-wise. But are we going to call Aaron Rodgers better than Tom Brady? No. You know why? Tom Brady wins. But also, okay, let's just get in. Should we just dive into two and one? Because we pretty much, we pretty much have our two and one are pretty much the same people, right? Yep. We're going to dive into that. But before we do, I want everyone to make sure to follow the West Next Podcast. Uh, If you don't know the Instagram, it's underscore West Next Podcast underscore on Instagram. And find all these episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, RSS.com. Also, don't forget to tune in to uh the new lifestyle podcast episode that will be coming out soon more details on that coming later go check the stories on instagram and then finally we are at over 600 downloads thank you all so much for the support if we can i want to get to 700 downloads before the year is over and also i want to get to 1300 followers on instagram so make sure to share with your friends tap in show love all you need to do now we're going to get into number one nicholas Num- or number well, two number two one. first, then number one. Number two and one, because that is undisputed in both of our minds, because it's the, it's the same two for the both of us and the same exact order. It's Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, right? And, I mean, obviously, I think that makes sense to pretty much everyone here, but, Nick, I'm going to let you take away why they are two and one. <sighs> the Sheriff is forever going to be at the top five quarterbacks of all time until someone has anything to say about it. I talk about legacy a lot during this list. You know, every single quarterback, and I know I did a lot of shitting on Joe Montana. It's not really about that. I just think that he was good, but he would, but he, but you know, his team stats kind of elevate how good he was over other people. But I'm talking about people who I ranked on my list. Ben Roethlisberger played exceptionally well and had great stats throughout his entire career on a very good team. Also was a was a good like was the best 04 quarterback who was taken last, right? So don't 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 trade up to get your draft picks, you know. Number two, I mean sorry, number nine on the list was Otto Graham, most winningest quarterback percentage-wise in NFL history. Steve Young was the best dual threat quarterback in NFL history. Joe Montana was the best postseason winning quarterback in NFL history. Marino was the greatest pocket passer and redefined playing quarterback in the 80s in terms of efficiency. Uh, sorry, I skipped over I skipped over Mahomes. Mahomes is probably the fastest rising start to an NFL career ever, and he's also almost second most accurate quarterback of all time past like touchdown interception ratio in terms of Aaron Rodgers. I mean, he's incredibly accurate, fastest start by a, by a starter ever in his career. Drew Brees has most completion percentage uh, in the single season. He's one of the most accurate quarterbacks of all time. Um, what's it called? Aaron Rodgers is probably the most talented quarterback of all time and has the best touchdown to interception ratio of all active quarterbacks past and present. Um, and and we, I talked about legacy a lot. Peyton Manning is the greatest regular season winning quarterback of all time. It's just a fact. He is a two-time Super Bowl champion. 
He is the in the NFL Hall of Fame All 20s All 2000s team. He's a former Comeback Player of the Year award. He's a five-time NFL MVP. I mean, the dude is just like absolutely in, insane. I mean, you also want to talk about legacy. You talk about the reason why you wait for your your first overall pick. You don't trade out. You don't put your draft picks anywhere. If you're a bad team, you understand why you need to go into the draft and get a first round, first pick overall overall quarterback in the draft is because of is because of Peyton Manning. There's no other reason. Peyton Manning was the reason why you go into the first round and get a quarterback because they can literally change your entire franchise and then some. I mean, dude, Peyton is just like, I mean, do we even have to go over every single thing that he's ever done? I think he's third all time in 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 in, in yardage. He has a 65.3% completion percentage. He has a winning record of 186 to 79. He has a total uh, uh, QB rating of 96.5. Like I said, he's won won the Super Bowl in two different uh, franchises. Uh, He is a Super Bowl MVP. He's the only quarterback to bring four different head coaches to the Super Bowl, which is insane. He's done it in every system. And like... Man, I mean, it's really, really, he's had 40, also, by the way, guys, he's had 43 comebacks and 54 game-winning drives. Peyton Manning is the perfection of, like, excellence, in my opinion. He's also had had a pretty good playoff record, as he's had uh, 14 playoff wins, and he's had a 63.3% completion record in the playoffs. I mean, he, Peyton, Peyton did his thing, man. He deserves a lot of credit, and he, and he was, obviously, I think he's, Two of all time. He's two because like no other quarterback has really had a lot of success. All like regular season, postseason, stat wise, legacy that has done it more in the game than Peyton Manning, except for number one, and that's Tom Brady. Because no one else is knocking Tom Brady off a of number one. I don't care who you are. Tom Brady will not. Well, he he will not be denied the number one spot in in the. Uh, like like as like in any list like he's number if there was a list I might put Tom Brady at everything best jawline I mean like best like quarterback I mean ha- having the best uh, ex-wife I mean it doesn't really it doesn't really matter I mean Tom Brady is uh top four is like top one of like any list right now Tom Brady is what do you want what do you want in a quarterback right what do you want you want stats Brady's got stats what he's like first all time in like passing touchdowns first all-time in yards you want wins he's got seven Super Bowl rings during his time in New England it was a literally a carousel of 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 incoming targets of incoming wide receivers incoming tight ends um different running backs all the time different offensive linemen all the time and guess who was the constant throughout that entire run in, in New England it's Tom Brady he was the guy who made he he he's not the Belichick system he is the system don't believe me? Look at Belichick's record without Tom Brady, a losing record, I might add. And look at his record with the greatest quarterback of all time. Tom Brady also did what Peyton Manning did. And in his first season as a Buck, won the Super Bowl for us. So thank you, Tom Brady. I will forever be grateful for bringing a second Super Bowl to Tampa Bay. A Super Bowl that I will be old enough to remember because I damn sure don't remember the 2002 Super Bowl when I was like six, five years old. Um, but yeah, he's just, listen, man, Tom Brady's just the goat. He's just like MVPs, comeback player of the year. I mean, he's just like, like also like Brady's stats, 
in terms of individual seasons were like absolutely amazing. I mean, I mean, Chanel, I mean, you want to talk about like amazing, like, like regular season stats, like dude, one time Brady had a season in which he threw 36, he threw 36 uh, touchdowns to only four interceptions. That's insane. When he went to when he went to New, New England uh, in 20, 2015, which is also a great year for him, he had 36 touchdowns and seven interceptions. I mean, in Tampa Bay last year, he had 43 touchdowns and 12 interceptions. The year before that, he had 40 touchdowns and 12 interceptions, not including playoffs, because in the playoffs he had 50 touchdowns, in, including playoffs. I mean, dude's just done it all. Done it all. He's gonna. He might even make it. So it may maybe not even the guys of today Mahomes or maybe even Josh Allen when he gets that time can't even catch a catch a, a glimpse of catching Tom Brady in terms of anything so Brady's easily won that's all I have to say I mean that's pretty much a top 10 list and I think that you don't really have much disagreement in terms of one and two in fact we have so little disagreement that I actually don't even have to add anything to that you basically explain why Tom Brady and Peyton Manning are one and two respectively. You got the greatest regular season quarterback of all time, a guy a guy who won two Super Bowls for both for both the Colts and the Broncos, and then you got a guy in Tom Brady who has won seven Super Bowls, greatest playoff quarterback of all time, who has won a Super Bowl for both the Bucks and the Patriots, and has owned a division for over 15 years. So you got to obviously put them one and two. Uh, anyone who says like Joe Montana is one or anyone wanting to refute in any argument that Tom Brady's not number one, it's to me very ridiculous. Uh, but you have the right to be ridiculous. If you are ridiculous and you want to, and you want to try to argue with me and Nick that someone else is number one, go ahead and comment that in the comment section. Uh, before we get out of here, we're just going to recap our list. Uh, my list for the top 10, uh, this is going to be like posted on um, my Instagram and everything. And y'all can vote on there who had the better list. But I have Brett Favre, uh, Big Ben, Johnny Unitas, Steve Young, Dan Marino, Joe Montana, Aaron Rodgers, Drew Brees, Payne Manning, and Tom Brady. Nick, who who was your top 10 to recap, everyone? My top 10 was Ben Roethlisberger. Nine was Otto Graham. Eight was Steve Young. Seven was Joe Montana. Excuse me. Six was Patrick Mahomes. Five was Dan Marino. Four was Drew Brees. Three was Aaron Rodgers. Two was Peyton Manning. And one was Tom Edward Patrick. And there you go. Thank you all. I know this ran a little long, but thank you all so much for tuning in to the West Next Podcast, the special 10th episode, 10 weeks of this. Much love to each and every single one of you for tuning in. As you know, my name is Chanel Wilkins. And my name is Nick Provenzano. Tune in next week to the West Next Podcast Sports Edition and stay tuned for all other West Next content on the Instagram underscore West Next underscore West Next Podcast underscore. Peace out. Bye, everyone.